thought the job was done. They thought it was all behind them. But sometimes, the past doesn't stay where it belongs. Now, Brad and Andrew must fight to protect all that they've built. The stakes have never been higher. And the beer has never been colder. This year, the epic continues. This is the Brew and View Podcast. do i'd take that deal crawfish and drill that old devil in the ass what about you juanito what would you do yeah brewing view it's brewing yeah. view time welcome to the brewing view podcast everybody uh it is the show that will keep you waiting with bated breath and out of nowhere deliver yes mm. you just you are brad you mm. i am brad I am Brad. You're Andrew. I am, and I'm and I'm stepping all over your lines tonight. No, no, we got a. I got a weird little uh, cutout from you. Oh. like it's it's a like I'm missing your first like syllable, but uh, that's okay. I can I can overcome. <laughs> I'll adapt and overcome. Uh, but yeah, Mr. Powers Booth, yeah. go on. Yeah, sad. Yeah, he uh, resident bad guy. Yeah. It's a great, great name. Had a villain's name. Yeah. And, and lived up to that. Kind of a self-fulfilling vi- prophecy. Yes. Self-fulfilling prophecy, yes. Self-fulfilling name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, him and what? Michael Ironside. Like, those two guys are, like, the same person. Right? <laughs> I I don't know. If Michael Ironside passed away, then... Oh, we're gonna have some some concerns. Um, what? Yeah, uh, I think. 
uh, Michael Ironside's like lost his arm in like three different movies, I think. It's like Sean Bean is dying. Well, he, that's the way. Like he just gets his arm cut off, <laughs> and I think it. Well, in Search of Troopers, I think he got his arm cut off, mm-hmm. and in uh, Total Recall, I think he got his arm chopped off. Jeez, what a guy! I think there's some other movie, but uh, yeah. Anyways, well, that's um, that's like uh, Brian Cranston's always in his whitey tidies. Yeah. Which is yeah. such a weird Haunted. name because they're always so loose. Yes. Just <laughs> hanging. Yeah. Baggy. Yeah. Baggy, whitey baggies. <laughs> Gross. Um, hmm. But, yeah. So uh, we're back, and it's been a little bit, but yeah. we had some uh, things we had to take care of. We had uh, contract negotiations we had to take care of, mm-hmm. which meant that we couldn't actually put our, our voices on anything. So yeah. uh, we've CBA. gotten that all ironed out. Speaking of iron sides, and uh, now we're back at it. Yes, new CBA, ready to uh, rock, make yes. even more money, and uh, talk movies and drink beer. You bet. Speaking of drinking so, beers, yeah. What are you drinking? Ooh, I am uh, having a beer I'm really enjoying uh, from Nola, just down the road. Mm-hmm. A, I am drinking the. Cleverly named Out Tequila. Ooh. It is a sour hopped ale uh, aged in tequila barrels uh, with pineapple, coconut, and lime leaves. Well, that's that's an interesting mix of yeah. stuff. Yes. How is it? Uh, it is a grand... Uh, a grand feat in brewing beer and tequila barrels. Good. Uh, it's really good. Um, it has the obviously those are those tropical fruits are work well with the um, the tequila flavor, and that you do get um, a nice little uh, bite from that. It's pretty tart, um, but it's also pretty smooth, and uh, I. I am a fan of tequila, so uh, this uh, we um, hits it hits hits uh, everything I'm looking for. Um, it's it's good, it's refreshing, um, and uh, it's uh, brewed in small batches. So I picked up a bottle and was saving it for uh, for this. So, nice, yeah, nice, nice. We uh, we went I. On our uh, hiatus, uh, my wife and I went down for a little uh, getaway for our anniversary, and mm-hmm. uh, we we sh- we were sitting at a bar, and she there she doesn't drink beer, <clears throat> as we've discussed before. Yes. So they had a drink menu of different you know fun drinks and stuff, and the waitress came over and said, "Hey, do you want another drink?" And she's like, "Why don't you pick for me?" So I picked just one, like a blackberry something or other. I I didn't even know. And when they brought it out, it had it was a it was a mezcal tequila drink, mm. and like so, have you ever had mezcal? Uh, yes. Uh, so it's like a like a Scotch tequila, like mm-hmm. very like smoky and stuff. Um, I've never, I don't think I've ever had it before, like or whatever. I like this. It, it's just it was a different flavor of tequila that I and it was just overpowering for me mm. and for her my, my wife didn't like it too much but i was able to power through 
Nice. Yeah. But uh, so you had a good good mix on this one, huh? You like it? Yeah. Um, there's a lot. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot uh, going on, um, but I think it it's able to. Uh, all those flavors are pretty complementary to each other, and uh, I gave it a four on the old untapped. Sweet. Yeah. So always good to have um, have good beers available up the block. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a five point five ABV too, so it's it's no. It's not going to knock you down, but it's no slouch. That a boy. That a boy. Well, I am drinking uh, something I should have uh, reviewed on the podcast a while, a while ago because it it references beer, mm-hmm. references movies, perfect, and it references or it's actually a local beer, and it's a, a friend of mine is very involved in the company, um, and uh, it, he follows us on Untapped. Um, Mr. Mr. Mike Weiser, and this is called. This is from Free Will Brewing Company. It's called the Craggle IPA, and it is named after the Craggle from um, uh, the Lego Movie. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a IPA, American IPA, uh, ninety IBU, six point six ABV, an OP of fifteen point one, and an SRMs at three point three, which I don't know any of those things that i just said uh but this is i mean it's not this is a shoal river middle school srms (laughs) i it could be anything it could be that was their test market (laughs) yes it could be you know serenely really mellow and 3.3 um, it falls right in there yeah. um uh but it's a this is a really good ipa i mean it's 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 a drinking ipa it's it's a and we talk about drinkability a lot on this it's something yeah. you can have you know six or seven uh without ruining your palate <clears throat> good um it's uh there's there's not and i i gave it i gave it a four point i think four two five nice um it's got there's nothing like super special about it. It's not like it, there's something in there that's going to knock your socks off, but it's just so consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just, it's just good. Um, you know, we've also talked about like, uh, you know, doing well, kind of what you had tonight, you know, they're putting all kinds of stuff in there mm-hmm. to try to make uh, flavor, I'm not saying that's a novelty beer, but you know, this is, um, just a, a good standard IPA for yeah. me. And, oh, this, uh, is a, this is a novelty beer. Um, right. It's, it's not um, – we've kind of used that as not really a negative term before, but like this – But it can be. I mean – Yeah. It, when you just – you have uh, – Rogue does it with their um, voodoo donut things. Yes. They just – like with like lemon crueler and like we get it, you know, the – the beer and the Portland donuts. It's it's great, but yep. it's disgusting and tastes like uh, tart tartness and confectionery sugar. Because I've yeah I've had it. It's not good. Um, but uh, you can do something like this that's small batch and you know aged. In, I've only had one other beer. I've only seen and uh, had one other beer that was uh, aged in tequila barrels. Um, so it is. Uh, it's still something of a new. Um, Obviously, everyone goes the bourbon route. Um, 
so it's, it's still kind of a novel idea to me, um, but it's it's well executed. So yep, yep. So yeah, it's and you know for mine, it's you know this is just a it's not a boring beer at all. It's mm-hmm. but it it kind of is that it's just well no I mean there's something to be said from a well made beer. So yeah, you know this is a well made standard IPA. I, I would say yeah. So so. Now, Mike, you can get off my back. I reviewed your beer. Jeez, Mike, come on. Jeez, Mike. No, but uh, one of the things that they also have – here, give me a second here while I look it up. Um, they also have a a double IPA called Lord Business mm-hmm. and uh, another IPA called the, the Micromanager. So. <laughs> nice. The Micromanager the only time that might be a good thing yeah it's the name of a beer yeah um so uh anything else going on in the brew world with you um beer world actually yeah i checked out a pretty cool spot called the bulldog um Mm -hmm. which uh you know we don't we don't usually do like oh well i've been to this bar and that bar but uh while i was there i got to um try a beer from a newer brewery uh, called Port Orleans, and I had heard some. No one had really said anything um, outright bad, but no one was really uh, singing its praise. Uh, so I went in with pretty um, pretty low uh, expectations. Um, when I tried this uh, Storyville IPA from Port Orleans. And uh, maybe it was the low expectations, um, but I, I actually thought it was a good standard, kind of talking about back-to-drinkability IPA. Um, it didn't it, – it wasn't the gold standard, but um, I gave it a 3.5 on untapped. I was, um, I was pleasantly surprised after um, how much – people had kind of been like well how is it uh they were kind of like uh you know i'll give them the benefit of the doubt they're still new right that's kind of how how they're treating it um so but i liked it and uh i'm definitely gonna have to go check out that uh beer yeah or that brewery for sure what is the um what's the waterfront scene down there like do you got a lot of bars on the waterfront or anything like I, no, um, that kind of stinks. Not where I'm at, but there's there's some, yeah. So where I'm at is it's like the um, it is it is the port. So it's a right. lot of cargo traffic and barges and um, stuff like that. But if you move a little more east, yeah, you can start getting that riverfront stuff. Um, but I think a lot of not a lot of that property is. Uh, occupied by bars right um i know ot's uh work is uh right on the river and there's like a nice little walk and um uh a park and everything so there's there is stuff to do out along the water um specifically where i'm at it's this area is kind of more up and coming um but it's a lot of warehouses and a lot of shipping where i'm right so i'd I'd just be interested to see like i i would like I imagine, well, the two things I imagine about, like, New Orleans and Louisiana is that, like, 
you know, in New Orleans, you have that like kind of seedy bar by the, you know, mm-hmm. on the, you know, whether it's on the river or on the, on the, uh, on the, uh, on the lake there, or, you know, however, I don't even know how it works down there. I've never been. So, um, and then the other thing is like at some swamp restaurant, you know, where you can only access by like fan boat, mm-hmm. and, you know, <laughs> and then you can drink your, your beer and have your crawfish, yeah. you know, uh, but that's that's Im- I imagine what you do every night when you get home. Yeah, from work, Drink you go to uh, you know a bar, a floating like a floating barge bar. Yeah. Um, I have heard, and I will report back when I check it out. But I have heard um, about a like British bar. Okay, uh, you take a ferry across the river to um, Algiers Point, and there is a bar there that is just it serves like classic like british drinks and stuff like that so okay kind of could be interesting could be probably yeah, cool yeah definitely um and then while i was home i i got to have a little revolution so oh sweet yeah. oh, that's always good yeah it's always good um cool i went to uh a couple local bars down where i was at it like i said i had that uh that weird little uh, uh tequila drink and then um it, well, it, we went to like a tap room, and then the place we were staying had a. It's a German. It's called the Bavarian Inn, and it's like a German style uh, cuisine at their restaurant. They have like a pub restaurant down below. Cool. Not really. Yeah, um, that's because that's they only had they had only had two beers on tap, and they were both like there. One was a Hefeweizen, and one other one was like a a lager, and mm-hmm. I just had no interest in drinking either one of them. And I was just like, and Damn. then, so I ended up drinking like bourbon on the rocks. So. <laughs> well, hey, but, at least it worked out for you. Yeah. Yeah, um, it was fine. But uh, that's, that's annoying. <clears throat> I, yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's silly to not embrace it. Like, yeah, I, I think that for a long time, the, like people who weren't in the know thought that, you know, German beer means good beer. Yeah. And American beer is Miller Lite. Yeah. Not the case. Not, Not the, the case. case. So. But, uh, yeah. And we went to uh, a couple there. One place called the Blue Moon Cafe, uh, which was, uh, you know. And I just, like, sometimes the beer choices, like what they have on tap, mm-hmm. is just, it's questionable, you know, at best. You yeah. know, they have, like, Yingling Lager and Blue Oh, this place had Blue Moon on tap, and of course it, was like, it did. That was it. Of course it did. And uh, but then I we did hit like a t- that tap room. They had a bunch of stuff on tap, which That's was nice. So. Yeah. But anyways, oh, first world problems. Yeah, right. At least we were able to have beer. Yes. So, so well, uh, but if you have some beer, mm-hmm. you can come and follow us on Untapped where we can watch what you're drinking, you can see what we're having. If you forgot what we were having this night or a couple weeks before, and you're thinking, oh, what was it? What was that thing? And that sounded good. You can follow us on there. And uh, uh, we're Brewing View Pod. And it looks like some of our friends have been drinking. Uh, Mr. Matt, that's close to me that I should go see, had a Black, An- Black Angel from Wicked Weed Brewing, which is American Wild Ale. Uh, he also had a Dark Lord from Three Floyds Brewing Company, 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. JK. I don't know where he's at this at this point in time. It looks like he was in Corona, California. Nice. I don't know if he wants me to tell that, but he had a Joe <laughs> IPA from Ten Barrel Brewing. Oh yeah. Uh, what's uh, Mr. Z, Master Zed, sent me a uh, Ten Barrel beer. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Mr. Orange Peel had a brown ale. <laughs> no way. From, Lin- from Lindisfar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it says Lindisfar. Lindisfar. Uh, <laughs> and it's just brown ale. That's fucking great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, we need to, we need to get our, uh, our merch game up. So he's, yeah. he's all over the internet with that R2 pursuits hat. And yeah, I know. Gotta be uh, I got, I you. got something for I him. I don't like and it. I, I got something for him. Just kidding. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, thank you guys for following us and checking in and doing all that stuff. And, yeah. uh, listen, if there's a beer out there you think we should have, give us a heads up, say, listen, have this beer. Mm-hmm. And we will. I'll try to seek it out, um, and you know, go from there. Other than that, yeah, we we're happy to take recommendations of any kind on this show. You bet. Um, yeah. So, I uh, I did a bad thing. Uh oh. What you done, did, Mr. Brad? I didn't watch my movie. Oh, I was supposed to watch War Machine shame. this week. Shame. And I. I didn't. Um, I started to, but I was late and tired, and I failed you, and I apologize. It's failed okay. you, and I failed the listeners. Uh, but I shall make up for it this weekend, next week, with some just blathering on about other movies. So, hey. sorry about that, folks. If you were looking for that, uh, which you probably weren't. Oh, I bet they were. Don't hey. don't sell yourself short. But it'll be okay. Um, I did get a chance to watch, uh, what do you call it, uh, um, Get Out with my wife. Yeah. Uh, she really enjoyed it. Um, that, that's worth a second watch. It really is. Because I know there's a lot of twists in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but if watching, like knowing the ending mm-hmm. and watching all the signs and all the tells and how everyone acts – it's a really well acted and well directed movie because yeah. like everything was there for you to see. It just was a matter of, you know, of, uh, seeing it. Yeah. And watching it. I, I remember not liking that last act. Mm-hmm. I think, I actually think that was intentional. Uh, how I, and you know, at the risk of not, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't uh-huh. seen it. I know we spoiled it on our, when we reviewed it, but, um, I was a little disappointed because I thought it was a little bit too over the top. I think it was intentional. I think it was meant to be that way. Mm. Um, and I give him credit for that. I didn't, I still didn't like love it, love it, but I, 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 instead of him just running out of things to say, I think he meant to do it that way. So, well, yeah, I mean, Hey, I, I like the movie too. I just, um, I, I, de- I definitely don't think it stuck the landing. Um, but it is a good movie, and it is. Um, it definitely. I, I'm really excited about. Like, I want to know. Um, where it goes from here. Yeah, I want to see what like, he does next. It's, 
he's uh, exploded onto the scene. He's this movie really was everywhere, um, and uh, so now he uh, he has a unique opportunity, and um, I'm I'm curious to see where he goes with it because I do think he's a really good writer, and I do think that um, even the things that I wasn't crazy about in the movie, I thought um, it may it might have just not um worked out as well but i do think uh that the screenplay itself like the all the writing and all the planning was very meticulously and very well done so yeah for sure i mean each shot had it like there was there wasn't a lot of uh fluff in there where like things could have been cut out or anything it was a Mm -hmm. nice short like it was a tight movie um well like well directed well edited and like i said there were things in there everything every little thing you was meant i think mm-hmm. for a reason so uh yeah uh and what else did I, I started watching a cure for wellness got halfway through that yeah and fell asleep <laughs> uh that's a long movie with a lot of setup and it was just starting to get to the good stuff i think <laughs> i will hope <laughs> i will re- uh what do you call it i'll tell you about the whole thing later i'm gonna stop talking now about movies i started to watch and i'll <laughs> let you talk about a movie that you did watch yes uh so you assigned me um whenever it was we last talked it feels like a while but um that's neither here nor there from 2013 if, if, if you're like binging this show yeah it feels like no just like an all. hour and a half ago yeah feels like no time at all but uh Uh, From 2013, the documentary uh, Sound City about the fabled recording studio that was located in Van Nuys, California. Um, It was directed by Dave Grohl, and it features a whole uh, bevy of stars like Tom Petty, Stevie Nicks, Mick Fleetwood, a lot of Rick Springfield for whatever reason, Trent Reznor, uh, Neil Young, and uh, there's there's plenty more that I'm missing. Um, but what was cool was they uh, got in touch with the the sound engineers, the the managers of the studio, the people who worked there. Um, after this uh, whole thing. It, um, so this this studio is a, a very a famed studio where a lot of just great music was recorded, um, and it was closing down. I mean, it, this kind of chronicles the change of of the business a little bit, um, but as you know, everything moved away from tape and went digital. Um, they kind of fell out of favor and fell by the wayside, and so. Uh, it was cool to see the people who were just kind of everyday people doing their day job um, talk about what it was like to work at this place where they just had, um, you know, a who's who of of uh, the music scene, the the rock scene specifically, uh, just on rotation. So um, good job, Dave. On yeah. That. Well, um, like, and. You, I think you said it like just the amount of different acts that came through there, right? It was yeah. like ridiculous. Oh yeah, like from in every genre of music too, right? Um, I I think it was prim- primarily rock music. Okay. Um, 
they were talking about how the um how it was like a great space for drums um just kind of stuff that i don't really know anything about honestly um but it's it's a very loving tribute but it's also very lackluster at parts i guess so it starts um it chronicles decade by decade um it starts in the 70s and then it reaffirms that almost all music in the 80s was shit Um, (laughs) and then it goes to the 90s and um which is kind of more my area of of interest and and not expertise but that's that's what i know a lot of the rock music i know is 90s alternative that's the 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 sound that this guy's into and uh so that was cool and nirvana um recorded nevermind there and everyone kind of shared their feelings on nevermind and uh i hadn't listened to nevermind in a long time and i think it's just kind of it's it's cliched to like talk about how great nevermind is um but it's a cliche for a reason because i went back and listened to it and and i've always um i love uh dave Grohl on the drums i think that's the driving force behind smells like teen spirit and uh, just listening to that and then having them talk about how how great the drum sound is in this studio and maybe it's just the power of suggestion maybe a complete placebo effect but i had i had already been taken with those those drums to begin with but just right. putting in your headphones and listening to that it just it was great yeah um so it's it's a loving little tribute uh and unfortunately it turns into a kind of making of documentary of this this uh album sound city album which yeah uh i don't think it did anything as far as i i can't say because i haven't listened to it um but it's just got um no i i got one uh, the reason i it it stuck out to me because i Mm -hmm. did i did i think i bought the album Mm -hmm. um I know there's one song on it that I really, really like. It's from Can to Can't uh, with Corey Taylor and Dave Grohl. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and it's it's not a great song, but it's just it's one of those songs that I, I like, you yeah. know. Um, and that's why it stuck out to me because I was like – and I realized what was going on. I was trying to figure out what it was. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that they made that, that doc and I hadn't seen it. And, of course, yeah. then it popped up. So, yeah. uh, so it, it kind of goes into that where they're – you know, yes. getting every, like the band back together, or not the band, but like yeah, just you know, just key, one one key, last yeah thing. Key people, um, and it was cool to see. Uh, so they were talking about how like digital editing and all that stuff, kind of like um, how you didn't have to be excellent anymore how you didn't have to be like an an expert musician and um well what's I, kind of funny is they probably shot this on a red yeah right <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean you know yeah so you, yeah you just they're, need they're to buy a sony red movie, and, uh, and bitching about digital music yeah i mean they they definitely had valid points um they were talking about how you 
you know, if you now if you play the wrong note, you just go in to the the computer and fix it. Um, but then, so Trent Reznor was there also, and uh, you got to see a bit of his process, which was really cool. I know you and I are both pretty. Uh, we 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 dabble in the the Trent Reznor sphere a little bit. Dip our toes. I like I like the idea of Trent Reznor more than I like mm-hmm. I like his at least his latest stuff. So mm. of course his soundtrack stuff is pretty pretty tight. Yeah, no, I I, I love Nine Inch Nails. Um, so it was cool to see his process, and it was cool um, because they were talking about how Trent Reznor is a classically trained pianist, right, and. Uh, so he is a, a skilled and, and obviously very accomplished musician, but everyone was kind of in awe about um, the way he kind of transitioned into the digital era was he used Pro Tools, and I, this is kind of to borrow a phrase from what someone said, but he used Pro Tools as a tool. He didn't right. use it as a crutch. It now, it where everyone else was not becoming obsolete, but for, for sake of comparison. Everyone else, their their skills were becoming somewhat obsolete because anyone could come in and punch a few keys and, and make it make something that wasn't great better. Um, he was actually, he had kind of the foresight and the ability to find ways to manipulate sounds in, in music and, and uh, obviously give us some, some incredible stuff that maybe we would have not have gotten otherwise uh, right well was there any like was there any tension or anything in in, in it like that oh, no. would make it interesting no like because no i think conflict. that's what documentaries need mm-hmm. no you know, this was a a love letter for the first half or probably the first two-thirds of the movie and then the end of it really the whole making of the uh album it it's sad like to a say, studio stash it's it becomes so much more of Dave Grohl is essentially a vlogger more than he is a director like okay. he's just kind of like got his uh, you know I'm sure they had all professional equipment but for for sake of comparison you know he, he's just pretty much got his camera phone out and it just it doesn't um, do anything for me. And it's, I, I have no um, point of reference for, for this album. And I, like, I had never even heard of it. I had heard of the Sound City documentary um, before you had assigned to me, but I hadn't heard of this album that they made. Um, and this is a huge part of the documentary. And that I think is pretty telling. Um, as far as like the relevance of of the music they make on on here, and maybe it's really good. I'm I'm judging it without having heard it. Uh, yeah, but well, it is it it's like if you get have Amazon Prime, you can listen to it on Amazon Music. So it's mm-hmm. you can listen to it for free there. Yeah, it's I'm I'm looking at the the track list on Spotify right now, so it's out there. Uh, yeah, but it just Dave Grohl like, is such a music geek yeah it's like very endearing how much he loves rock and roll right but it doesn't always translate well like the whole the sonic highway series that they did it just kind of i don't know his uh someone 
smarter than me who unfortunately I can't credit with this. They always said like um, artists and, and maybe elite artists have trouble Say they have they have trouble communicating outside of their medium. Yeah, yeah. And I think well, that, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Dave Grohl is such an incredible artist in his medium. Or I'm, I don't know. I, I feel like they they've kind of no. I mean, they're yeah, in the later I mean, stage expect, of their career. Because like it's like that whole ten thousand hour thing. Yeah, you know, you know where. You, you know, Malcolm Gladwell says, you know, you have to be to be proficient or at least considered a uh, a semi expert. You need 10,000 hours. And like for him to try to express his love for this without with him just sitting with his, you know, his iPhone or, or some kind of, you know, recording yeah. it without without the help of somebody else. It might be it, something might be lost. Like what I what I was hoping that you'd get to see, like you know, the bands that would come in there and just wreck the place, and how like you know the managers and stuff of the place would have to deal with all you know, all all the the nutcases and like the you know, um, the come through you know the mm-hmm. art the t- the the cliched rock stars the coming through and just wrecking and you know that kind of, those kind of stories because that yeah. could make a, a story good. Yeah. No, there's there's no conflict. It's all it's all um if there is any if there are any skeletons, they're kept in the closet. So and that kind of makes it fall flat a little bit for me. Um not that I want to see like oh these people are assholes or something like that, but just but there are there yeah, are those stories are there and those yeah. they they just all talk about like it's like reminiscing on on an old friend that they yep. lost a friend and they're not going to say anything bad about their friend. But it's like I didn't know that friend, so like, why is it important? <laughs> to me? Right. Right, and they try and explain it, but yeah, it just. I mean, other than the the simple fact is that they have recorded some of the best albums I've ever heard there. Yeah. Um, but that does not warrant the hour 47 minute runtime. Yeah. So, um, I gave it a six. Uh, it's trending at a 7.8 on user reviews. Uh, that's, uh, 10,500 ish, 500 and change user reviews on IMDb. Um, but it just, it, it left me wanting. And, um, the, the whole transition into making this sound city album was just very, I, didn't need I, I it, right? Yeah, it didn't, didn't need, it. need it, and it it didn't have that like pull back the curtain like feel to it. It just kind of felt like you were watching bonus features, right? Well, it, you know, I, I imagine that they thought maybe it was like making like they had this album mm-hmm. blown up. It would have cool, be cool to have that. Yeah. footage of them working on it and stuff like that but like how many times do like collaboration albums except for the the judgment night soundtrack really work you know like there's not a lot of times where you get a bunch of artists together to make a, a collaboration album it, like the great albums of our mm. like that i consider great are just like the first or second album that an artist puts out mm-hmm. usually you know it's that and it's not a collaboration. It's like too many 
too many cooks in the kitchen and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, maybe with these established acts, especially like Dave Grohl's worked with a lot of people. Like I, he did the drums on uh, With Teeth, the Nine Inch Nails album. And mm-hmm. and um, they've all. He does of, drums for everybody. Yeah. So he probably has he probably has the chemistry to work with these people and and make it work. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I can't really speak to the album because I haven't heard it. But I do yeah. also feel like me having not heard it s- says a, a, a decent amount about it. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does for sure. Um, yeah, but it's still, you know, we're here to talk about the movie, and it, like right. the album shouldn't have anything to do with how good this movie was, you right. know. Yeah, that but. is true. Now I'm looking at the <laughs> Judgment Night soundtrack. Oh, it is so good. It's my favorite. One of my yeah. favorites. Um, uh, terrible Hill movie, great, the, great soundtrack. The Cypress Hill and Pearl Jam. Not even terrible movie, connect. but Dennis Leary's the bad guy. Cuba Gooding Jr., is the kind of hero. Jeremy Piven is just a, his most Jeremy Pivenish. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, your Mighty Ducks guy. Oh yeah. Doing his thing. Minnesota Miracle Man. Emilio. Hmm. <laughs> the Mighty Duck. Him. What do you say? The Mighty Ducker. The Mighty Might, Duck. The Mighty Man. Duck himself. Yeah. The Breakfast Clubber. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. Four friends on their way to a boxing match get caught in heavy traffic. That already sounds good. So they take a do you, have, you I guess you haven't seen this? No. I, d- uh, I do know the... You the, need to listen. Like, I, know the si- I, have, I know the Cypress Hill Pearl Jam song. The soundtrack is really good. Like, I love the soundtrack. I think you'd dig it, too, because it's... Well, yeah, I'm looking um, at some... It's not even that dated. Like, um... <clears throat> it's, there's some of it, like, Onyx is on there, which, you know, is kind of a one-hit wonder. Slam. Huh? Let the boys be boys. Just slam. Yeah. Uh, let me see if this is streaming anywhere. It's Judgment. on. It, I'm, I've got it pulled up on Spotify now. So what do we got? Helmet and ooh, De La Soul. Yeah, there's there's like there's not too many misses on that album. Mm. And you're talking about some. Some of the best, I mean, De La Soul, Run DMC, Ice-T, Cypress Hill, Del the Funky, Homo Sapien. Homo Sapien, yeah. I mean, that's some, those are heavy hitters. Yeah. And then Pearl Jam, Mud Honey. Who, it's that rock rap mix-up, yeah. mash-up thing that they got. And it's, it's it hit me right, right, it hit every part of my, uh, my likey part. Oh, Faith No More. Mm-hmm. You know what? We're gonna take a break and just yeah. listen to this album, then we'll be yeah. right back. We're gonna we're gonna review it uh, right after this. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> sweet. Well, is just the movie? Oh, it looks like you can rent it for two ninety nine on Amazon. Yeah, it's my <laughs> my my. I don't know my uh, Wi Fi is being very slow. Um, so yeah, uh, that's the thing. What'd you give it? Uh, six. Six. Okay. Yeah. That kind of stinks. I was hoping for something better. Like, yeah, like you don't need all tawdry, but like, uh, what was the one, um, the, wow, oh, the, the one about the guys in, uh, Atlanta. 
Um, oh, um, the Dungeon Family. Uh, yeah. I forget what it was called. But, oh, uh, the, the, the noise. Uh, Organized noise. Yes. Yeah. Um, that was great because not only did it, like, it showed the guys working on new, some new stuff, like one of the guys, but it also showed, like, the history, like, a better history. There's so much good source footage and mm-hmm. edited so well mm-hmm. in that. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they also had the advantage of maybe... Like that's what I'm documentaries have to, they're good of course, but like they have to be getting better. Right. Like as, as the subjects move closer and closer to the era where there's just always cameras. Yeah. Like that's gotta be coming down the pipeline. Um, but yeah, so it does have the advantage of that beginning in the nineties cameras being a little more accessible. Um, but at the same time, you're talking about like a group of 15 guys recording on a dirt floor. So maybe yeah. maybe cameras weren't their first priority. But yeah, it, it just it had a um, a broad scope and just kind of touched on the acts of the era. And like I said, it was cool to see the people who were in charge of day-to-day operations and they kind of had this glowing reverence for like, Oh, I, you know, it was just a job and I didn't realize how cool it was and stuff like that. So, all right. But yeah. Alrighty. Well, I would review a movie, but I can't. It's okay. So, um, um, wait, there's no reason we can't dole out some assignments though. Sounds splendid. Splendid. Um, well, I'm being going to be selfish because I won't, I'm going to sign you something I want to watch as well. Fair enough. And this is on Netflix. Uh, I've been looking forward to this. It came out just recently, I think, at the end of the, end of June. Uh, it's OKJA, Okaja, Okaja. Mm-hmm. Um, streaming on Amazon Prime. Or, I'm sorry, Netflix. I'm sorry. Wow. I am not on it. Um, uh, starring a bunch of people, um, some you may know, some you might not know. Uh, Tilda Swinton's in it. Uh, Paul Dano, Jake Gyllenhaal, mm-hmm. uh, directed by the man who uh, did. His name is Jung. How do you spell that? Jung. Jung Ho Bong. Mm-hmm. Jung. Um, who also did uh, uh, Snowpiercer, uh, which was a pretty big hit for uh like two years ago i think uh but uh, another movie that we reviewed earlier last year sometime uh called the host uh which i know you really liked i wasn't so hot on it but i it there was some definite <clears throat> uh good parts in it so i'm i'm looking forward to watching i hope you like it i am going to watch it with you so uh right now it's getting a 7.6 on the old i'm the nice yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it. So, yeah, it's spelled O K J A on Netflix. O K J A. You should be able to find it right away. It's Netflix original, or did they just? Yeah, it's well, it, it it's yes, yes. Netflix exclusive for sure. Yes. Nice. 
Judgment Night is not streaming anywhere right now. <laughs> Bummer. That's yeah. okay. We'll watch Okja. Uh, I've got one for you. Yeah. Uh, also from this year, also a Netflix original called Nobody Speak, The Trials mm-hmm. of the Free Press. Um, I caught it, like, glancing through, I was telling you, the um, the thumbnail picture for it is uh, a picture of Hulk Hogan. And mm-hmm. so I was like, ah, pass. And <laughs> then I actually watched the trailer and I was like, oh, this looks, this looks much more interesting than I thought it would be. So, um, yeah, I guess we're, we're assigning each other movies that we're going to watch this week too. So, yeah. Well, you should be watching it with us. Yeah. Um, and if you want to wait for us to talk about it, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay. We got some stuff that you can watch in the meantime. Stuff we already know is good and we like. Yeah. Uh, what do you got for me? Uh, from 2006, uh, Josh Hartnett, where'd he go? And Bruce Willis. Uh, mm-hmm. Streaming on Netflix is Lucky Number 11. Number 11. Yeah. This cool. is such an underrated movie. Yeah, I really love cool this movie. it's a cool little movie. Um, it's definitely... It's 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 nice. It's stylized. It's it's got the um, the the sleek script and all that. Uh, So if I do feel like it's people who know it like it, um, but I do feel like it flies under the radar a little bit. So maybe now is the time that you can check out uh, Lucky Number Eleven on Netflix. Yeah, like this this uh, this I think fell prey to. Um, with the nonlinear storytelling, I think mm-hmm. of parts, um, you know, it felt prey to like the snatches of the era. It felt prey to some Tarantino stuff. Yeah. It has a, it has a Sin City vibe. Yeah. Um, it's, it's got, uh, but there's some, like Ben Kingsley is really good in this movie. Mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman's re- is it right. Morgan Freeman. Yeah. He's in this. Yeah. Uh, Morgan Freeman's great. It's, it's a great uh, it's it's re- I really like this movie. Uh, I know, and my wife really liked this movie. Um, and that's, you know, for like a shoot 'em up type of thing, it's that's not like her her bag. Yeah. So, um, but it it's it's interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's a good movie. So um, maybe now it's time you can you can check that out. Uh, yeah. Maybe you've seen it. Maybe you don't want to see it, but I'm sure Brad's got you covered. I do. Uh, it is. I mean, we just came off the All Star break, mm-hmm. uh, or coming out of the All Star break for baseball. And we are in the the dog days of summer. I think they start officially right now, uh, right after the Fourth of July, and right up through the end of uh, August. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one great, you know, I I'm a sucker. Oh crap! I need to talk about some baseball movies. So I, I will have something to talk about. Yeah. Um, but uh, one one great movie is Bull Durham. It's streaming on Amazon right now. Uh, it's one of their newer releases, yeah. uh, starring Kevin Costner and Tim Robbins and uh, Susan Sarandon. Um, the one of the iconic baseball movies. Some parts may not hold up for a person who's never seen this. Um, it might be. I don't know. It's hard. I don't know what it's like to watch it through. Uh, new eyes but uh for me it's it's uh, one of those classic baseball movies that falls yeah. in line with um you know a field, a field of dreams the sandlot uh, you know amen out um the rookie uh no 
just kidding. Uh, I know. Million dollar arm. Or yeah, that one maybe. <laughs> uh, no, I never saw a million dollar arm. It looked terrible, but then I heard nothing but good things. So, is that? Oh no! Oh yeah! Oh, that's the Disney one, right? Yes. Yes, with John Hamm. Yeah, yeah. I, I've heard. I was on a plane trip to Alaska, and it was on. And there was another movie. Were, oh, Captain America was on at the same time. There were only a few walkouts. Yeah. Uh, but, Not that bad. Um. So yeah, watch Bull Durham. Yeah. Uh, from nineteen, I think it's nineteen eighty-six, maybe. The old IMDb has it. Nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah. But this is right in that time where uh, there was no. This was no PG thirteen. This is a hard R. Mm-hmm. Uh, not hard. I mean, but there's a lot of curse and it's it's a it's a fun comedy. Yeah. Uh, good baseball movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm a fan. And speaking of baseball movies, yes. My son. Okay. Let's get into this because okay. <laughs> my, I'm in. My son, and I, I got to thank my my mother in law for the, doing this. But like, sh- she had the Sandlot mm-hmm. at her house and nice. showed it showed some of it to to Liam. Well, he came home. I want to watch the Sandlot. My son's five and a half years old. Mm-hmm. Just started playing baseball this last spring. Um, was not really interested in it until about. The big, right at the end of the season, then he started to get better and better at it. <laughs> nice. Um, I need to send you the the video. Did I send you the video of him getting his first hit? No, I don't think so. I need I need to send yeah. that to you. It's it's an amazing video. Um, maybe I'll put it on our Twitter account too. It's nice. just it's a it's so fun to watch. Anyways, um, but he started we so we've been watching the Sandlot, watching the Sandlot, and like I haven't watched it the whole way through because he kind of gets antsy and and. So like I'm picking up pieces and watching parts of it and stuff, and it's such a great movie. It, it reminds yeah. me so much of like, um, of uh, Stand by Me, and uh, all those kids movies where you know all the personalities are there, all the cliched kids are there. Mm-hmm. You know the fat kid, the black kid, the uh, you know the the nerdy kid, the like all all the the yeah. tropes and cliches are there, but it's, it's pulled off great because you remember all their names, you know, um, between, you know, squints and Benny and all, all that stuff yeah. and smalls or it's quotable and all that stuff. So watching that, well, <laughs> I had no idea mm-hmm. that they came out with the Sandlot too. Oh no. You and didn't. of course my son wants to watch Sandlot too. And so my wife's like, Oh yeah, we, yeah, we should get that. So no, we got Sandlot too. Okay, so we did inferior sequels. Uh-huh. That movie's so bad. <laughs> so bad. Did you put that on? I can't remember if you put that on your list or not. Never. No, I will never see it. It is so bad. Like, it. I don't know if you did it, if you've not seen it, but just because, just out of, you know, why remake a classic. But, you know, you do get good sequels from time to time. Yeah. This it is so bad. So bad. So, like, they jump a decade. Mm-hmm. So, they go from the 60, like, 62 to 72. Mm-hmm. And it it's terrible. But not as bad no. as Sandlot 3, which I was Stop. forced to watch with uh, Luke Perry oh. as the main character. What? 
who gets as a professional player in present day gets beamed in the head and flashes back the rest of the movie is a flashback of him while he's in the hospital (laughs) and he referred or goes back to 1976 and the kids on the sandlot and actual squints Mm -hmm. the guy or uh yeah the guy who plays squints he comes back and is a coach of the team. Oh, it is. Stop. Oh. <laughs> this is so upsetting. I, it's like, it is disheartening. And like, and I, I want to like scratch the DVD. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oops. Hopefully Brooke doesn't listen to this, but uh, my, my son's into it. I mean, like, yeah. he likes the whole, like all the kids, like he likes them playing. But what what happened is like in in the first in the first one, it was like it all res, it all revolved around baseball. Yeah, right. And then like they went off and did something, and they came back to the the, the diamond. Yeah, and, and went even, off and did like everything revolved around baseball. Yeah, there was the foundation of all their friendships and everything they talked about, everything mm-hmm. they did, everything was revolving around that. And like you can relate to that because you get into those things whether it's, you know, uh, uh you know, whatever you're doing as a kid and you can relate to that. But like the other ones were just just kind of brushed up against baseball. Yeah. Just baseball to tell happens. the story of all these other things. Um and the second one is weirdly uh there's a lot of like uh, retard talk and hmm. like and just kind of like stuff that like you, you he just they have the kids say just to say it because that's how they talk then yeah and like not that i'm like oh how dare you but i'm like why do you have to why are you doing that like it's it was unnecessarily you I know what i mean feel like that's like it, a, a 90s yeah. like a late 90s thing is the Maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe that's just when people were calling each other retards. I maybe, but it was like, yeah. yeah. I just, I, uh, I didn't get it. So, there's, uh, do not watch either of the other Sandlot. I can't. There, like, there's a tagline on the bottom of the third Sandlot, like, you know, back at the, to the basics or coming back, or, heading I don't home. Know. <laughs> the Sandlot heading home. Yes. So, yeah, and it, it like and I I know for a fact I could write a better script. I know for a fact. And like I've never written a script. Well, I'm never. just I'm just looking I at knew the I could write a better script than that. The uh the pitch for this successful arrogant baseball superstar Tommy Santa Santarelli travels back in time to 1976 and relives his boyhood days on the Sandlot baseball team. And has the chance to this time choose friendship over glory. Oh. And they have the temerity to make Benny uh-huh. the coach of the Dodgers. And as a washed up kind of uh kind of broken down yeah. coach. Has been. Uh, it's just disapp- disappointed. And they didn't even get the kid who played benny no how terrible how terrible i heard he's like a volunteer fire or not a volunteer i heard he's like a firefighter now mm-hmm. via That's one good. of those what are they up to now things which yeah i'm usually immune to but i saw sandlot and i was like eh, no i want to know <laughs> yeah 
Now, nah, if it was what were what were the D two people up to? I'd know because I followed yes. all their I've followed all their careers very closely. And Benny is in the D D two as well. So yeah, in the D two. Uh, any uh any movies out there right now that you're looking forward it's, to seeing or it's. It's kind of slim pickings. There's been one or two uh, yeah. that I want. I mean, I I want to go. I've heard good things about Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. I I want to I want to see it. I missed uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. So I know. I mean, I, yeah. That just goes to show you how how motivated I am to keep up with those right now. Um, I do want to see Baby Driver still. Yeah, that that, that everyone. One. Everyone's saying that's good. I like. I'm. I'm all invest. I'm all in on uh, the Planet of the Apes, the new Planet of the Apes thing. Okay. I'd like to see that, but I know I won't go see it. The one thing I, I am hearing good stuff about is the Big Sick. Yeah. And if I can get a chance to take my wife to go see it, because I it, I heard it's opening up uh, wide here shortly. Yeah. Um, that we may go see that. Um. Other than that, man, I like. I have no interest to see. Like, I'm looking through the stuff, like. I, I, all eyes on me sounded kind of interesting, but I'm, it's like getting sixteen percent of Rotten Tomatoes. So yeah, probably not. I, I think that that one. Well, it got it just uh, like you had two directors leave over creative differences, um, and now I heard the, you I have heard the people kid coming is really out good in it though. Yeah, he, well, he looks just like Tupac. Like that's right. insane. But yeah, like maybe it. It doesn't sound like. It sounds like it's something different than what we were promised. And yeah. uh, I feel like now people have kind of been speaking out about um, the factual inaccuracies and and uh, stuff like that. So yeah. so maybe it's maybe it's a rental just for the sake of uh, seeing the performance. But uh, I it's kind of not been torn to shreds, but kind of been like disowned as not a factual account so yeah that's how it, it seems like you know what it feels like is just a kind of like oh everyone love uh Australia, let's let's put something out this quick yeah. quick quick and do it yeah and instead of getting like a great director and a good script and doing all you know what i mean mm-hmm. and making it good um uh but yeah baby driver i mean that's like 96 percent right now raw tomatoes which mm-hmm. you know that and I'm a huge fan of Edgar Wright, so maybe if I can get away, I might yeah. go see it. But I think the one that I will see is The Big Sick because it's opening this week. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, uh, nationwide. So ho- hopefully, it's in a theater near me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's yeah. the one that I'm uh, I'm hoping to catch too. That's really it. Um, I didn't see the last Planet of the Apes. I saw the first one with with John Lithgow and James Franco, and I liked it. Um, mm-hmm. But I just never got around to seeing the second one. So. Yeah, maybe I need I mean, to do it, that. But. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not like a Plan of the Apes guy. I never like got into that whole thing where, where I know a lot of people do. But like this one has like, um, it, like the second one had a logical like, like next next step, right. you know. And it's kind of like as as it you know what is it rise and dawn or dawn and rise or whatever. Yeah, um, they're kind of backwards. Yeah, and it's so it's like uh, the next step, and I'm hopefully this is the next one, and it's got Woody Harrelson in it, being yeah. a badass. So hopefully, so how it, bad could it be? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So uh, I'm trying to think what else 
yeah, I, I'm just going to try to catch up on the ones I should be watching and um, maybe get out and see another one. But uh, other than that, I uh, I can give you a deep dive into Fincher. Yeah, absolutely. It's time to talk some David Fincher. Um, I think I think maybe the next deep dive we do, mm-hmm. or I I, w- I was thinking like, what could we do without like a real big filmography like. You know, I don't. I don't know if I don't want to do. I I I don't think I could get into Scorsese because I mean he's he's got a ton of credits. Yeah, he's like done that would be so much more than Goodfellas in the Department. Yeah, yeah. I mean it, and there's a there's a lot of stuff which would be fun to do, and maybe mm-hmm. I will. But I think a good one maybe to do is to go back and do like a Coen Brothers. Oh. Oh, the Coen Brothers. But, yeah. Uh, um. Hey, I. I not say no to this, something like that oh uh by the way i i need to put this uh, out on our social media but brad the the um the uh big lebowski cut you sent me of just all the time oh. say fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> uh, inappropriately funny like oh like, so good it, not it's because of the content so well just the the like it shouldn't be this funny just a a couple of guys saying fuck, but it's like, these are characters that you really love and just like, Oh, Oh, that scene. That's it. Yeah. Oh, Oh wow. They say this a lot. Oh yeah. Oh, you know, when he's pounding on the car. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, what's crazy is like, they say that so many times mm-hmm. that you can actually follow the movie. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, and you don't realize that, Oh, they did curse a lot in it. Yeah. It's it's the short version of the story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, I'd be all for that. Okay. Um, well, um, well, I'm going to get into, um, and I know you haven't seen this for a while, uh, but it, 1997 is his follow-up movie to Seven, which actually was going to be that his second movie um yeah this was supposed to the game mm-hmm. was supposed to be uh put out before uh seven but once uh brad pitt got signed on to seven then they they started production on that um i guess fincher wanted to to go th- with that um but this stars uh stars michael douglas and sean penn and uh deborah unger and James Reborn, you'd know him from everything ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's uh, there's some uh, some Fincher standbys, I think, in this. I'm I'm trying to think uh, who else. How like some of the supporting actors are, uh, or some of the uh, extras, I'd say, are some people show up in other Fincher movies, but his main stable of people like Pitt, um, and well, basically Brad Pitt, right? I mean, that's his main guy, his main go-to guy, um, aren't there, but, uh, this is a, for people who haven't seen it, uh, this is a kind of a, a, um, uh, like this movie's full of red herrings, I guess you would say. A lot of a lot of plot twists. A lot of uh, it keeps it keeps the audience guessing. And what 
I what I read about was when the script came through and as they were filming this, they were, well, let me, let me set it, uh, put the, the synopsis down a little bit. Um, so you get Michael Douglas, who is a 40 something year old, uh, 40. Uh, it's it, so it centers around his birthday, but he, he is a, uh, like, a a tycoon of industry. He's, he's, he makes a lot of money, he makes a lot of deals, but he's very cold and there's not a lot of heart in anything he does. He lives a very, uh, uh, solitary existence other than his business. And he's pretty much separated himself from all of his family is, as, uh, he's been divorced and everyone that loves him. Uh, he kind of keeps them away with, uh, at arm's length. And, uh, his brother comes to him one day and says, Hey, I want to sign you up for this, this, this thing. It changed my life. And, uh, he's uh, Michael Douglas's character, uh, Nikki Con- or, uh, Nick, Nicholas, oh, come on. Um, uh, Nicholas Van Orton is signs up for this game, the game, and his life becomes, it starts to unravel as a result of it. And that's what the movie is based on. There's so many plot twists, things going around. Um, I could imagine this would be like one of those blacklist scripts, you know, mm-hmm. movie, the, the best un unproduced uh, scripts. I can imagine the script was well sought after. Um, There's a couple different directors assigned to this before it was, before it was, uh, they settled on Fincher mm-hmm. and, uh, um, and, there was a lot of different people set to star in this. I mean, it was actually the the uh, the character of uh, Sean Penn's character Con- Conrad was supposed to be um, Michael Douglas's daughter, and it was supposed to be played by uh, a uh, played by uh, Jodie Foster. And then she dropped out, or they, they decided to go a different way because they would have had to rewrite some stuff or something. And she decided to sue, which is weird because she comes back and stars in the panic room, which, you know, I, you know, you don't know how all that works. Probably lawyers, a lot of lawyer involved in stuff, but yeah, um, it's just business. So anyways, um, so this, this doesn't have all the peril of the other movies that like with seven, there was a lot of drama with the script in the studio and whether or not they should go with a certain ending and all that stuff. This one had a little bit of that, but not, nothing to that effect. Or with Alien 3, mm-hmm. um, you know, it wasn't the uh, the the hell that he explained that was. This well, this one a little bit smoother. It was shot in San Francisco. And it has it has uh, everything. In, like, it's it's got that, it's still got that Fincher feel. Um it's it, a lot of there's a lot of night shots. A lot of uh, the day shots are indoors and they're all muted colors. There's everything's um, there's no sunlight glaring through any windows. There's no lit up places. It's all it's all dark. It's in the shadows. And that's I think, you know, when when he, he's dealing with the people of this game, they are in the shadows. And if it's got that feel and it's always even rewatching this movie. And this movie, it's one of those movies that kind of centers around the twists and turns that it's that it takes. 
So you have to be able to buy. It has to pull those off in order to uh, in order to make it a good movie. Other than you know the acting mm-hmm. and the storytelling in itself, and it still does that. Even rewatching it, it feels there. It's it's suspenseful. It you're always wondering what's. You're never sure who's who and who's up to what, and you feel that you're in Michael Douglas's shoes. Um, you're always guessing. You never know what's going on. Um, and um, I, it's, it's, it, if you haven't seen this movie, it's a definite watch. I, I, I'm not, not going to even try it. I'm not going to spoil it mm-hmm. at all because uh, this, this movie hinges on all the different uh, twists and turns that it takes. Uh, how much do you recall from? I, I honestly don't even remember the ending. So, yeah. Um. I probably saw this in like the early two thousands once. So, um, I remember um, liking it, uh, but I honestly could not give you too much about it. So. Right. Well, it 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 feels like um, I think it, I mean it was received like the critics liked it a lot better than the public did. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the box office, like the total box office, was like one hundred nine million dollars or something like that. Um, you know, obvious, which isn't bad, mm-hmm. um, of course, but like compared to seven, you know, him, him coming off seven, that's kind of, yeah, uh, it, it, that's a, that's a big, that's a big, uh, I, I'd say sophomore effort, but it kind of is a sophomore effort because, of, uh, this is the only the second movie where he had some autonomy and didn't have to deal with the, the studios as much. So, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it's it's definitely worth a watch. It's not. I don't think it's streaming anywhere. Um, I should have looked that up before we talked. Um, but it it feels like a like as as Fincher goes. It's weird because like he's like t- not tonally, but maybe subject matter. He's his, the subject matter he's taken on has been has been muted. Mm-hmm. Like when you get seven and then you get this movie, which isn't isn't quite as dramatic as seven, but then you get Fight Club, which is just a raw. And, and this will be the the next one we talk about, yeah. Which everyone, I'm sure everyone's seen. Yeah. Uh, but like as as his filmography has has, has progressed. Like he's doing film adaptations and stuff like that, where and um, a movie like Social Network, which you and I talked about off air a little bit, um, the subject matter isn't quite as as uh, as raw or gritty. You know, it's it's a little that the subject matter is a little tame compared to what he was doing in the nineties. Yeah, you know, which I it it I, I'm not like. Um, I'm not uh, busting on it. Like I'm not like criticizing for that. It's just, it's, it seems, I, I'm not, it, it, I, don't, I just don't know. Like I'm, I'm anxious to see what his next project is going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's done the last two movies he's done is two film or uh, book adaptations. You know, with Girl with a Dragon Tattoo and then uh, Gone Girl. Yeah. So. um yeah. You know, and we'll get to that, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does next. 
Yeah, I uh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, about how just it's almost like there's some there's definitive eras of his career. So, yeah, it's interesting. So, uh, but yeah, that's it. Let us know what you think about the game and Fincher. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I gotta take away a roll of tape that my dog is eating. <laughs> Masking tape. Stop it! Stop it! Okay, I've got the tape away from the dog. Anywho, uh, yeah. So that's all I got. I talked a lot. No, you're good. Um, that's definitely. Uh... Yeah, w- I wish that was streaming because I definitely would like to watch it again. Because it's almost. Uh-huh. I mean, I feel like maybe once I sat down to watch it, I'd kind of jog my memory but it'd almost be like like i don't really remember a lot of the plot details so yeah and it's it's one of those ones where it's uh yeah crazy back and forth you don't Mm -hmm. know what's what and it it would come back to you but uh yeah it it relies on that a lot but it also has to pull it off Mm -hmm. as well so yep um yeah so uh that's all I got for you, buddy. Hey, it's all good. Um, if you want to interact with us um, on Twitter, BruinsViewPod is our handle. Uh, that's also our email, uh, BruinsViewPod at Gmail. If you have a little bit more to say, um, we're always happy to hear from people. Um, you can review us on iTunes. If you subscribe, rate, and comment, that's you know s- supposed to help us get exposure. I don't know. I don't know how true it is. I'm just kind of passing off someone else's information and. Uh, choosing to believe them so yeah so do it um, but every single episode of the show is on the sauce along with every single episode of Matt and Andrew vs. Society which is another show I do um, where we just kind of talk about life and stuff and uh, if you need more Mr. Brad he's on spanthevoid.com every week you bet uh, yeah we well if you haven't listened uh <laughs> It's uh, it's quite the uh, well. It's just a bunch of guys talking. Yeah. Just like every other podcast. And uh, but uh, what did we talk about last week? We oh uh, well, I had some. I have a, a dilemma that I have to deal with. I have mm. a, a chance to go back home for some stuff mm. that I don't really. I'm not into, and I'm, they try to talk me into it. So all right, we'll see. I am realizing now the the episode that Matt and I did this week. And your episode from two weeks ago, I think, for some reason, um, Matt even texted you guys in regards to the subject matter. For some reason, that did not come up at all during our episode this week, even though if you listen, there's a lot of parallels. Oh, well, I did see the title of the episode. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So I'll be anxious to hear and questioning why you guys didn't reference this. Yeah, I'm questioning it now, too, actually. And, hmm. and the title is a brilliant reference to It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. If I could just toot my own horn for a second. Because I'm a raging egomaniac. Uh, thanks again, Anderson, um, for joining us last uh, the last episode. Uh, <clears throat> we got if we got any new listeners, Anderson I hope, uh, I didn't yeah. disappoint you by not contributing more with uh, the uh, thing. But uh, 
stay tuned. We'll have some more good stuff, and we yeah. will we'll crush it. Hey, I promise. And we had fun. And isn't that yeah. the real reward? That is. All right. Well. And uh, say, friend, you got any more of that good sarsaparilla? <laughs> <laughs>